Hi, this is filmmaker and author Michael Morin. Whenever I'm not riding my bike around the Davis campus, I'm listening to KDVS College Radio right here, FM. Cool. This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. We are proud to report that the Pledge Drive, KDVS's annual affair where we raise... um, a great deal of the money that we need to operate each year. I believe, in fact, it's two-thirds of the money we need to operate every year. Uh, met its goal of $60,000, and it did so by making $1,000 an hour for the last three hours of the 168-hour week. Uh, public Affairs uh, held up its uh, its end of things. Uh, I think Dr. Andy Jones took the cake this year with uh, getting about 1100 bucks and uh, and we did uh, we were similar and uh, and the other uh, public affairs shows uh, did well too showing that uh, you the public support us and we thank you for that and we'll do the best we can to continue bringing you the programming that you like. I think uh, the our fellow public affairs host and general manager Stephen Valentino uh, deserves some special praise for a uh, the amount of hours he put in uh, co-hosting this program last week and, and sitting in on, on, on his own and, and many others. And really, wonderful volunteer staff down here working hard. All the DJs are working hard. It was, it was a collective effort by everybody at the station, and, and I'm, I'm very pleased to see that, uh, that it's turned out so well. And if you'd still like to donate money, this is possible to do by contacting KDVS and also by contacting the special fund that we've set up at radioparallax.com for my own Costa Rican retirement. Sorry to report that the latter is not a tax-deductible charitable contribution, but I'd, I'd be very grateful just the same. And that will entitle you to an annual Christmas card from some point near Hako. Costa Rica. No, but in all seriousness, thanks to everybody, uh, uh, Melissa Kenny, our uh, public affairs director, and actually, I, I really should thank all of you people individually who uh, who sent in uh, funds to support this program and others. I can certainly speak for our our program, but I don't have a list in front of me. But I will I will uh, rectify that and and cite you all on next week's program. And appearing on our show in the future will be uh, several people. We hope. John Perkins, author of Confessions of an Economic Hitman, has had an illness lately and had to postpone an appearance on this show. We will hopefully bring him to you in May, along with Professor Jared Diamond, who's been all over the airwaves talking about his fabulous book, Collapse. There will also be an exhibit at the Los Angeles Museum of Natural History, which we may try and go down and check out to to report on for you. But Dr. Diamond, uh, we hope to have sometime after mid-month. Gore Vidal, uh, noted political gadfly for the past 40 years on the American scene, um, is another 
distinguished author that we hope to bring to you, and uh, and we'll see. We've contacted his people, and he's expressed uh, interest in the past in talking to college radio audiences, and we hope that uh, he'll add KDVS to the list. On today's program, I'll be joined by our uh, good friend, um, Gary Chu, perhaps later on in this segment, to talk about the premiere of that movie on Enron, which uh, was here in Sacramento on Monday. I believe it's called The Smartest Guys in the Room. We'll, we'll find out about that. Uh, I, I'm sorry that we were not at, at that uh, premiere to report on it for you, but sometimes the week just gets too crowded. So we're going to devote a lot of today's program to uh, current events and try and delve into science topics in our third segment quite heavily. Uh, in an era of uh, great resurgence of religious faith, something we'll address later in the show, here's a good quote to start out with coming from the noted uh, philosopher and mathematician Bertrand Russell, who said once, I would never die for my beliefs, because I might be wrong. Let's go to the pages of one of our our favorites, uh, The Week magazine, uh, a magazine designed for people who host their own public affairs uh, radio program. The good week for, bad week for section is always a good place to begin. Well, let's say good weeks for in the last several weeks and combine some of these. It's been some good weeks for discipline, the magazine reported, with the news that California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger burns his children's clothing if they fail to put them in the hamper. He's strict about laundry, said his wife Maria Shriver. He throws things in the fire. And it's been some good weeks for lemon owners when a Florida man was arrested for pumping five shots into his frequently broken 1994 Chrysler LeBaron. I think every guy in the universe is one to do it, said John McGivney, 64. It was worth every damn minute in that damn jail. I tell you something, John McGivney is my kind of guy, pumping pumping shots into the Chrysler LeBaron. I could totally relate. I, I would have paid the guy's bail if only I'd had the opportunity. It's been some good weeks for taking care of business, the magazine noted when British runner Paula Radcliffe stopped by the side of the road during a televised London marathon and, as millions watched, squatted and answered the call of nature. Relieved, she went on to win the race in the record time of 2 hours, 17 minutes, and 42 seconds. My, my producer just asked me to clarify. That, that was, that was uh, she performed a number one, is what happened there. All right, it's been some good weeks for standing your ground. After Florida lawmakers passed a law authorizing people to use deadly force in public places if they should feel threatened. Conversely, it's been some bad weeks for standing your ground. After a man in line at a Tokyo taxi stand stabbed the customer behind him because he felt threatened. The attacker who was arrested said the victim gave him a dirty look, so he attacked him preemptively. And no, the man was not Paul Wolfowitz, although that does seem to be the policy of the deputy director over at the Defense Department and soon to be a head of the World Bank. Well, you know, time was when attacking preemptively was something like that happened in Poland in 1939. Anyway, well, let me not go there. All right, it was also a, uh, 
a bad week for outlaws. It was noted after Albania's most wanted criminal, who'd fought off the police for years in storied gunfights, blew himself up while fishing for trout with dynamite. And finally, it's been some bad weeks for publicity after a Michigan library discovered that a gay website listed its men's room as a good place to meet men for sex. Library director Charlene Hugot complained, but wasn't sure if the listing had been removed because, quote, no one at the library wants to log onto that website, unquote. And let's do some of the Only in America file. Only in America, a Georgia high school will pay snitches up to $100 for tips about other students. Under the new policy, students will be paid $10 for information about a theft on campus, $50 for a tip about the use of beer, pot, or other drugs, and $100 for information about guns or other weapons. It's not that we feel there are any problems here, said Modell High School Principal Glenn White. It's a proactive move. Tipsters will not be paid, he said, if they're involved in the crime. And from the Only in America file, a Los Angeles juror was fined $1,000 for yawning in court. As lawyers questioned dozens of people during jury selection, the man let out a loud yawn, angering Superior Court Judge Craig Veals. You yawn rather audibly there, Veals said. The man, identified only as juror 2386, said, I'm sorry, but I'm really bored. The judge then found him in contempt. Your boredom just cost you $1,000, Veal said. Are you quite so bored now? He later reduced the fine to $100, and the juror paid it and was sent home. Is this a great country or what? And an internal investigation by the Education Department has concluded that it did nothing unethical, but did use poor judgment when it hired commentator Armstrong Williams to promote President Bush's education policy. For his part, Williams insisted he had always supported Bush's no-child-left-behind law, but didn't mention it until he started getting paid. Internal investigation clears itself. <laughs> Reminds me of the Watergate days description of the FBI investigating itself, which consisted of, all right, I know I'm in there. If I don't come out with my hands up, I'm coming in there after me. All right, uh, Doonesbury's been having a field day with the Tom DeLay Death Watch, and DeLay's gotten a lot of ink about what he's been up to. Like when he gets, uh, when he was um, censured, he then went out and, and basically rearranged the personnel doing the censuring so that uh, it wouldn't happen in the future. All sorts of unseemly things are turning up about Tom DeLay, but I'm going to go out on a limb and predict that Contrary to everybody thinks, he's going to survive this. I, I would, I hope that I'm wrong, but um, you know that would be just a, a, a bit of a, a break in the clouds that I think we need in this country. Uh, Tom Delay is not a very nice guy. He's very corrupt and really should be removed from office. The thing I really like about Delay is that you know he paid his wife and daughter more than five hundred thousand dollars for working on his campaign. 
This might be a good time to mention that the opinions you hear on this program do not necessarily represent those of KDVS, the Regents of the University of California, or any of our sponsors. In, uh, in the past week in this country, we've seen battle lines being clearly drawn along the lines of people of faith versus the Democrats. It's a, it's a rather sad commentary. The nation's probably never been this divided since the time of the Civil War. And you may have noticed in yesterday's B, reporting from uh, Peter Walston, repeating from the Los Angeles Times article from Mr. Walston, California Supreme Court Justice Janice Rogers Brown told an audience in Washington that people of faith are embroiled in, quote, a war against secular humanists who threaten to divorce America from its religious roots. Brown's remarks do praise from one of the nation's most prominent evangelical leaders, Gary Bauer. Remember Gary Bauer, the congressman from Georgia? The guy who, when he went out and decided that his wife needed an abortion, well, he went out and got one for her, but decided that no other women should be granted that privilege. Gary Bauer, president of the socially conservative advocacy group American Values, said, quote, No wonder the radical left opposes her. Janice Rogers Brown understands the great culture war raging in America. That is why the abortion crowd, the homo... <laughs> abortion crowd. Yeah, that's everybody else that wants an abortion. The homosexual rights movement and the radical secularists are all demanding that Senate liberals block her confirmation. Well, evidently voting along party lines, she's been named to the Federal Circuit Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia, a move considered to be a stepping stone to the United States Supreme Court. And I gotta say, appointing a black woman arch-conservative would be a stroke of genius right up there with uh, Clarence Uncle Thomas. We may also be able to get a direct report from Louisville, Kentucky, where Senator Bill Frist uh, spoke to a large congregation uh, on Justice Sunday, last Sunday, stop the filibuster against people of faith was the program produced by an evangelical leaders and simulcast on the internet in homes and churches around the country. It was designed to paint opponents of President Bush's judicial nominees as intolerant of believers. The B article repeated from the LA Times noted that it was this was unrelated to that program. Uh, Justice Brown's remarks sounded uh, similar themes. I don't think that's an accident. In Washington earlier this month, at a conference entitled Confronting the Judicial War on Faith, attended by Missouri Congressman Tom Aiken, House Majority Leader Tom DeLay, the conference organizer, the Reverend Rick Scarborough, set the tone by warning an atmosphere of atheism is being forced upon us by the courts. Conservative constitutional lawyer Edwin Vieira raised the stakes by personally attacking Supreme Court Ju Associate Justice Anthony Kennedy for relying on, quote, Marxist, Leninist, satanic principles drawn from foreign law. Not that we are great, necessarily, fans on this program of Justice Anthony Kennedy, a, uh, an alumnus of McGeorge University right here in Sacramento, but <laughs> have to say, Marxist, Leninist, satanic principles drawn from foreign law is going a bit too far, eh? 
All right, uh, let's see. I think we don't have time to go to Gary Chu, so we'll go to him at the top of our second segment uh, today. And let's round out with some miscellaneous uh, stats here. Uh, thanks to largely to a line in the hit movie Sideways, if anyone orders Merlot, I'm leaving. I'm not drinking any blank Merlot. The percentage of households that buy that varietal declined by 2% in the three months following the film's release. In the same period, sales of Pinot Noir, a varietal that is extolled by the film, jumped 14%. I love the way defenders of uh, the media claim that, oh, you know, what's portrayed in movies has no effect on what people do. Let's uh, let's close with one of the most bizarre stories that still has me scratching my head of the past couple months. Um, North Korea recently shut down a reactor at its main nuclear weapons complex, and officials said they were planning to extract nuclear fuel to make more bombs. North Korea's deputy ambassador to the UN, Han Sogryal, told USA Today that his nation was planning to reprocess spent fuel rods as a means of defending itself against U.S. aggression. The CIA estimates that North Korea already has from two to eight nuclear weapons. The new fuel could give it six more. One wonders if this is as accurate as the predictions that Saddam Hussein possessed weapons of mass destruction, but I do find it amazing the amount of energy and focus we're spending on Pyongyang a country that when you fly satellites over at night reveals it to be completely in the dark without an electrical grid operational. Of course, on the other hand, Pyongyang, if they do have nuclear weapons, making them uh, available to uh, uh, Islamic fundamentalists is a truly scary thought. So I don't know what to make of that one. And on that note... Let's take a break. You're listening to Radio Parallax. I'm your host, Douglas Everett, and this is KDVS 90.3 FM, Davis, Sacramento. <laughs> 